From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited today to have a guest uh, to talk about a topic that I've never had before on my show. I think it's something that people are going to find very interesting and uh, very unique. So today we're going to be speaking with Serge Tiroche, who is the co-founder of Art Vantage. Serge Tiroche was born in 1966 in Israel to a family of art dealers. Serge's involvement in the art world began while working as an intern at a Parisian auction house in 1986. And in 1992, he co-founded the well-known Tiroche Auction House in Israel. In addition to his art background, Serge has substantial banking and investment experience. He joined Citigroup's private bank, where he had a multifaceted 10-year career as a private banker, where he managed investments for some of Israel and Turkey's wealthiest families. Prior to the financial crisis in 2008, he left his managing director position at Citi in order to dedicate himself to his longtime passion for art. Welcome, Serge. Thank you. Wow, such a comprehensive introduction fantastic okay, okay. I, could, I could have gone on but uh, I want my listeners to hear some of the very interesting things that you have to share with them in terms of the ability for people to be able to invest in art so let me start with my first question we all read about Picasso and Van Gogh paintings that sell for 10 or hundreds of millions of dollars isn't investing in art just for the quote-unquote uber rich uh, no, absolutely not. Investing in art is for everyone. Investing in art uh, needs to start with a passion, and it's not about starting with a bank full of dollars. Um, it's about uh, an eagerness to discover, and you know, and some of the people who own these Picassos and Van Goghs today that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars bought them for a mere few hundred dollars a uh, hundred years ago. Uh, and, you know, and there are Picassos and Van Goghs out there today. You just need to have the keen eye to find them and discover them. Uh, and in the era we're living in, with, with the help of technology, art from anywhere in the world is, you know, on your, on your iPhone. Um, so, yeah, just get out there and be curious and see and learn and follow your heart. In other words, if there's something you like personally, uh, it's you don't have to be super rich to be able to uh, own a piece of that or or be part of your investment portfolio. I think if you're thinking about it as an investment, there's two ways to think about this. You know, initially it needs to be a passion, and you really need to be connected, and the work needs to speak to you. Uh, but some people take it very seriously and spend a lot of time and do research and find out, you know, who's collecting this artist, which curators are interested in the artist what exhibitions have he or she had, uh, what's, what's, being, what's the plan for the future, uh, why is this artist important uh, from an art historic point of view, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et the more research you do, the more certitude you can have that you're being smarter about allocating your, the little capital you have. And, you know, there's never, it's never always a 100% success rate. It's kind of like venture capital investing. You need to spread your bets and, you know, and pick, you know, 20, 30 artists that you can, 
build a collection with, support those artists over, you know, uh, an extended period of time, and hopefully two or three of them become successful, and that pays for everything else. <laughs> okay, so beyond. your family business is, is art. Can you tell my listeners about your family's connection to the art world and how this all came about? Uh, yeah, with pleasure. My father was uh, born in Poland, actually, but moved to France very young and started his um, life, basically, his professional life in the flea market in Paris, moving furniture around and um, then started, you know, buying it and trading it and from furniture expanded into silverware and carpets and all kinds of collectibles and eventually uh, the, the, the peak of that pyramid is fine art uh, and started basically dealing um, Jewish artists mostly from they call the Paris. Uh, the more famous of those are, you know, artists like Chagall and Modigliani and Soutin and Manekatz. Um, and uh, later he opened galleries dedicated solely to fine art, uh, firstly in Tel Aviv, later in New York. Uh, and then in the early 80s, he actually moved to Paris, uh, handed the galleries down to my brother and my brother-in-law and started uh, working from Paris as an international dealer in Impressionist and Modern Art. And like you mentioned in the opening, in the 90s, my family also opened an auction house in Israel. Uh, and, you know, the three, my sister and her husband, my brother, who's older than I, Mickey, uh, he's 15 years older than I, and myself, were involved in setting that up, and um, today it's run by my sister and her husband, and it's the largest auction house in, in Israel. And my brother is still very active as a dealer internationally, and his son now has a gallery in London called Omer T. Roche Gallery, and I'm doing my thing. We're all in the art world doing our, wow. own, uh, our own things, yeah. Great, Great family business. Uh, so at some point in your career, you did take a break from it, or maybe you never took a break from it, but formally you took a break from the art world and, and went into the world of banking. How has that experience helped you in, in envisioning the Art Vantage Fund? Oh, well, it was uh, essential. I think, you know, I learned from there about the types of investments that wealthy individuals uh, make. Um, I saw that there are many, many families that have, you know, long-term investment horizons, appetite for risk, people look for diversification. Uh, but I also saw that there's a lot of detachment from investments. There's no real involvement. It's very cold. Uh, and I thought, you know, having been in the bank for so long and really dealing with so many wealthy families, uh, I said, why not, you know, create investment opportunities for them that pay not only financial dividends, but also emotional dividends that, you know, are, 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 are subjects for conversation around the family dinner table uh, that, you know, that perhaps you organize your family vacations around them. Uh, and, you know, and I figured the art world, even for the uber wealthy in some places, feels like, you know, another world, like distant, like un unapproachable. And I thought it would be a great idea if we could create something that entices them to think about art as an investment and enables them to access the art world, uh, get the red carpet treatment that they're used to, get the first, you know, education and uh, advice and evolve from that to being true collectors. And I, I believe that's a real win-win situation, both for those wealthy families and individuals. I think it enriches them in many ways, and it enables them to have more sophisticated, more in intelligent investment portfolios that are better diversified and more efficient. On the other hand, it also 
obviously continues to support the art ecosystem. It's helpful for galleries, for artists, for collectors, for dealers, etc., etc. The more the more people participate in, in, in this industry, the better it is for everyone. So um, that's what I set out to do. And ever since leaving the bank in 2007, I've been focused solely on initiatives that try to build bridges between those two worlds, the worlds of financial investments and collecting for passion. Mm-hmm. Could you explain how, how the Art Vantage Fund would work and what makes it unique? Yes, Art Vantage uh, is a model I have been thinking about for a very long time. And, um, you know, I really have this uh, very holistic view about what the role of an art fund is. It's not just about financial gain. Uh, and the, it's unique in that sense. First of all, it's the first fund ever that is entirely transparent. So every work that we acquire is immediately posted on our website with information about the artist, the gallery we bought it from, information about the artwork. So it's very edu- educative. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out quarterly about you know all the things I find out in the art world that I share. We do spotlights on artists. We do an artist residency program whereby, you know, we invite artists over in Israel for up to three months periods to create new work. Uh, and we share all of that with the people who follow us on Instagram, uh, on our website, on Facebook. Um, and we are very active in lending the works that we own to institutions. So we have, you know, on our, on our website, you can see there are hundreds of institutions around the world from the biggest to me- mediocre, medium-sized museums. Uh, we're uh, loaning works to anyone who's interested in them so that the public can also learn about the artists and enjoy the artworks. Um, and that's unheard of in the in the industry of uh, art funds. I mean, most of them are black boxes uh, that have very little information available, let alone financial information. And we actually disclose all of our financial information. You can We produce quarterly fact sheets so people can see our returns month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year. Um, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we publish articles and it's about educating and, and, and opening this world to investors more than making gain for, for myself as a fund manager. I also understand one of the unique aspects of your fund is that investors could potentially redeem their shares in the form of art and or at some point have some of that art that's in the fund in in their home is that true that is absolutely true that's again a very unique element uh, that we have in our structure that we've devised and basically we offer all the all the works that we have in the collection for loan by our investors to hang in their home or in their office um, that again is a win-win situation as far as I can see. I mean, they, they really get to live with the art and enjoy it without taking the risk of owning it outright. And if they do fall in love and they've done their research and they want to own a piece, they have the ability to buy it or to redeem their investment with that artwork. Um, and that's again, a very unique, uh, proposition. As I, as you had referred to before the, uh, I think it was in the, sixties uh, when, you know, around when you were born um uh, the world has changed greatly in the last 50 years or so i think a lot of outsiders think that perhaps the world of art as you called it the black box and in terms of investment funds hasn't but but how has it in fact changed in the last 50 years the world of art no it's changed drastically i made reference to the internet as a tool to distribute art and to access information and to see images 
but it's way beyond that. I mean, today there are, you know, sophisticated ideas where, you know, even as a small investor, you can access masterpieces by fractional ownership. Um, there's, there's, um, a startup that's based on blockchain called Mycenas that tries to do that. There, there's a website in, um, Switzerland, I think it's called Coca, and uh, they usually sell watches. But uh, they were uh, able to do something very interesting. They they had a two million euro Picasso uh, that they sold in to forty thousand investors who invested fifty euros each, and they all uh, there's a community, and they all own the work together. The work is on loan to a museum in uh, Switzerland, I believe in Zurich. I even saw it myself. I saw the work. I believe it was in Zurich, in Mamco in Zurich. Uh, and the work is actually filmed 24-7. So there's a channel where, you know, you can see your work live uh, on, on screen and you can see who's looking at it. And, and, and your name is, is listed. There's a long list of 40,000 fractional owners that runs on the wow. side of the artwork. Amazing. Uh, amazing. So yeah, the world is moving on and you know making art uh, much more accessible today than it ever was in the past and uh, if we talk about the art fairs for example, there are art fairs at every level of of art, you know, you can the art fairs where you can't buy anything for less than $50,000 and there are artworks where you can't buy anything for more than 5,000. Um so just go to an art fair. Uh that didn't exist 50 years ago. It's a new industry. How does how does Israel fit into the world of art? We know Israel the small country that we are uh, seems to uh, have uh, roles in certain areas, be it in uh, industry and in high tech, uh, that's disproportionate to its side. But w- where do we fit in in the world of art? Well, that's that's a challenging question. I mean, I'll tell you my opinion. I'm not sure everybody will agree, but my opinion is that we fit in more on the creativity side so i think we have a lot of smart people here and some very talented artists unfortunately we we fit nowhere uh in the collecting universe i don't think we have enough collectors and certainly not collectors that support the israeli art scene so uh there's a catch 22 because you know for an artist to succeed uh internationally usually the way it works is that first he gets a following, he or she get a following locally, they get supported by good galleries in their in their home country, and then they get exported uh, with some kind of track record, and then from there on they can grow. Unfortunately, artists in Israel do not have that kind of, uh, despite the fact that we have, you know, fantastic institutions, uh, and, you know, it's incomprehensible almost that there aren't any, you know, serious collectors in Israel, but there are very few. And and when they do become serious, they very often look internationally immediately and sort of, you know, forego collecting Israeli artists altogether, which is a shame. So I think um, we have, like I said, great, great creativity, but a very weak art market. Uh, And those few Israeli artists who manage to make their way are those who have taken themselves, physically moved to live abroad in, you know, New York, London, Paris, whatever, Berlin. Uh, and and by their own efforts, basically make a career from themselves outside of Israel with very little support from 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 the Israeli art ecosystem. It's interesting. In my own practice, uh, you know, as you are well aware of, a great deal of wealth has been created in Israel over probably the last ten fifteen years through high tech, from real estate, um, and when someone 
one of my clients or, or people I'm associated with ha has a what I call a liquidity event, and they can uh, take some of that money and spread it around a little. So very often they'll they'll buy an apartment in New York. That's almost a given. Um, they'll open up a international. Uh, uh, stock portfolio managed somewhere other than Israel. They also have an Israeli stock portfolio, but rarely, rarely do I ever see them look at art as uh, you know, as they call in your former industry, the banking and alternative investment. Um, I just don't see the investment advisors uh, looking at that as one of the areas to to put part part of their newfound wealth. That's absolutely true, and you know, part of my effort in our new fund is actually to try and approach Israeli institutions and family offices and try to educate them about the benefits of investing in art. But you know, maybe because uh, I'm a local, you know, it's less appealing to them than if I were coming from New York or somewhere. But when I go to New York, I'm, I'm very people are really attracted to what I have to say, and in Europe and all over the world, people take what we do very, very seriously. In Israel, maybe, you know, because we're from here, it's a bit different. Uh, and we, we're having less success with institutions. I mean, the, the Israelis who invested in our first fund are really friends and family of mine, people who've known me long enough to, to, to know that they can trust me. So that's what it's based on. But we're trying to change that here and maybe, you know, increase the awareness uh, to art as a potential asset class. So if if my listeners would like to know more about the uh, I guess the your new fund is the Art Vantage Global Fund, correct? Correct, that's, absolutely. That's what, yeah. Uh or they want to know about the old Art Vantage Fund. Uh how how would they go about that? Yeah, so we we've just put up sort of an executive summary because the the new fund for Art Vantage Global isn't ready yet for investment. We're working on documentation as we speak, uh but there is information on the website uh, www.art-vantage.com. Uh and for more information about my history managing art and the uh, fund, you, people can visit the Tiroche de Leon website uh and that's www.tirochedeleon so T-I-R-O-C-H-E-D-E-L-E-O-N, in one word, dot com. Uh, and there's also, if people are really interested, uh, START, which is my art incubator, Israeli art incubator project that I've uh, been running since 2008. And that's www.st-art.co.il. Well, thank you very much, Serge. I've, I've learned a lot today, and I think... I assume most people do like art. I think it, it, it enhances our lives. It, it makes us happier. It makes, uh, if I don't sound too cliched, it makes the world a better place. And uh, if someone can also profit from this and uh, have all these other enjoyments, which I don't think you get from when you own a share of stock, it sounds like a great venture. And uh, we, we wish you great success. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate putting me on your podcast, and I hope your listeners uh, weren't too bored. And I uh, <laughs> look forward to hearing from anybody who, who has any interest at all. I'm happy to help any way I can. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein & Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 